This podcast is brought to you by Lanco Group, your business partner for engineering solutions. You are listening to FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome to the English Football Show right here on FNR Football Nation Radio, your voice of football in Australia and around the world. Here with Christopher Chrysostomu, Tim Spurliotis and Mitch Keating. Uh, big weekend for us boys, plenty of football to watch. How did you boys watch all the games? I uh, managed it not too bad in the end, but yeah, like you said, plenty of football, not a lot of sleep um, with obviously yeah, playoffs, Premier League finally, finally finishing after what has been probably one of the greatest seasons we've had in the, at least the Premier League era. And, um, yeah, well, obviously, with the AFL as well, um, absolute chaos across you know, all three leagues with, with, um, with how the playoffs are turning out. And we've, we've got a couple teams in League 2 in the final spot. But, um, yeah, Leagues 1 and, and, and the championships still yet to decide after the first round. Yeah, big week in football. I will say domestically as well, um, some big things happen in Australian football. But Yeah, well, you're the only Sydney FC supporter in Melbourne, in Victoria. Oh, no, no, I dispute that. There's many. <laughs> There's a few, and they know who they are. But, um, yeah, some good football. I watched the Man City game on the weekend, and what a finish for them. Just so much quality in that squad. Yeah, I was watching, all th- I was watching three games at the same time. How did you manage that? Well, I watched Manchester City and Brighton on the TV. That was on SBS, of course, and... Then I had uh, Liverpool and Wolves on my laptop, and then I had Manchester United on my phone. Oh, Obviously, go. it's the easiest device to throw in the bin once you watch United. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, watching that and just it, it was it was difficult to do it because you, you're watching one game and then someone scores and you're trying to keep up with that. You see the Liverpool fans celebrating, but actually there was a there was a slight delay between the City game and the Liverpool game because the yeah. Liverpool game the fans were celebrating before City even scored on TV. Yeah. So. Uh, might have yeah. ruined it for you. It, it, it kind of ruined you know, it. it. Might have been, might have been those Wolves fans who, who kept, kept giving away the, uh, the false goal hopes for for Liverpool, which was I thought. But anyone out there, let us know how you watch the games and how many games you watched on the weekend. You can do that on our uh, on our social media platforms at ef underscore show on Twitter or English Football Show on Facebook. We want to know how you watch the games on the weekend. Uh, boys, what do we have in store yep. on the program today? So we will review the end to the Premier League. Man City have finally done it. We finally have a winner after this time. We'll also talk about the top four that's been sorted and preview the FA Cup coming up as well as the All-English Champions League and Europa League finals. And over for our EFL, start the championship. Both Leeds and Villa got uh, handy wins heading into uh, the second leg. Sunderland and Portsmouth uh, was a I'd say a cracking game in the end of a bit of controversy as well involved, but Sunderland getting a 1-0 win between Doncaster and Charlton as well. Charlton with 2-1 victors um, and a handy lead, I'd say, heading into their home fixture. And after this morning's results, we know who's in the final of the League 2 playoff. Uh, Tranmere go through this morning and Newport over Mansfield, another upset as well on penalties. So we'll talk about them in the second half of the show. Yep, really looking forward to that match because that's going to be insane when it does happen in two weeks' time. Plus, Salford City, the uh, class of 92, Salford City, they 
won promotion to league football for the first time in their history. And you'll be able to play as them on FIFA next season. I'm pretty sure everyone will be doing that <laughs> next season. Uh, but we'll start with the Premier League. And actually, we do have a special guest on the show today. We have Michael Bridges, uh, Optus's uh, very own Michael Bridges. He'll be on the show to discuss the final day in the Premier League. And legend of the game as well. Legend of the game. Great player. We'll ask him about Leeds United and uh, Sunderland as well. But let's talk about the Premier League and the action. Manchester City go back-to-back, the first team in a decade to win consecutive Premier League titles. They end the season on 98 points, while Liverpool only one loss for the season. Player of the season, play, uh, PFA player of the season as well. Two players equal for most goals in one in the campaign. and Golden Glove as well for Allison. Golden Glove, 21 clean sheets for the season, and unfortunately for them, they finished one point shy. It's Arguably one of the best seasons we've seen from a side. And like you said, somehow they haven't come out with any silverware in it. Um, look, obviously, any we'll, silverware yet. Silverware, yeah. I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the, the Champions League and their hopes in that a bit later. But yeah, when you look, look at both seasons, what a season they gave us. Um, yeah, firstly, congratulations to Man City. Um, two years in a row is, is a fantastic effort, as you can see in the Premier League first side since 08 09. And um, yeah, Pep's obviously, you, you look at his record now, I think he's only. Finished a season without a title twice with uh, Bayern Munich and Barcelona as well. So, yeah, it's just a fantastic record for them. But it's just, um, I, I, I don't know where, where to begin for Liverpool. Obviously, the, the mental uh, strengths that will put on the players is, and, and where to go from here because they do look like they've got a solid side from the back to the front. Um, and if they'd need to spend money, I, I don't see where it would need to go, to be honest. Um, it's it's yeah certainly going to be hard for them over the off-season, but as you can see, I think this is a side that is definitely going to thrive for a title in the next year or two. Yeah, unlike the the when Gerard slipped the year that Gerard slipped and cost them the title, that side, it appeared that, well, Suarez left, it appeared that that was their pinnacle and that was the peak of, of their performances and that, that was the season that they had to win the title. I think that they can only get better and that by doing that, I think that they'll go into the transfer market and fill voids in that squad where they need fixing. I think midfield, they can probably bring someone in that scores, got more goals from midfield. Uh, Henderson's not a goal scorer. Fabinho isn't a goal scorer. Wijnaldum scored two in the Champions League, but he's not a, a goal scorer week in, week out. And also I think that they can get another, buy another centre-back. And that centre-back, in my opinion, is going to be uh, the lit from Ajax. That'd be a massive signing. We've seen his his season um, more in the in the Champions League, uh, more so. But um, yeah, obviously, look when when you talk about the where Liverpool would like to grow, you t- look, you got Gomez, and I thought Matip was was fantastic against Wolves on the weekend, and he's playing some of the best football at the best point in the season. So fantastic for them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Klopp moves on from here, um, and, and and what. Yeah, what, what what his first step is in that off season in the transfer market? Look, they're what first t- side since nineteen eighty that have gone undefeated at home in back to back seasons, and they've I'm, I'm not saying they haven't come away with anything, and they've got you know a, a fantastic outlook on on where the, the club's moving, which is great for them. Um, and Trent Alexander Arnold bought twelve assists in the the first. I think it's the most by any defender in a season. He's twenty years old. You talk about Robertson as well. I think so. he had eleven assists, Robertson. 11 as well. So there yeah. you go. That's you know, a fantastic caps. From, 23 from, assists from two fullbacks. From both players. But uh, yeah, who would have thought that 97 points wouldn't win you a title? That's um, you, you offer that to anyone, they'll take it. They would have um, won the Premier League title in any of the other seasons. I was going to say, it's, I mean, it's of the last 29, it's 27 of the last 29. So yeah, absolutely fantastic from Liverpool. But 
Um, yeah, it's not look, it's not all doom and gloom. Like we said, the Champions League's there, and they'll head into that favourites against Tottenham, but we'll touch on that a bit later. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't really say much more for Liverpool at the moment. For City, on the other hand, um, a little bit of heart heart uh, heartbreak early on when uh, Glenn Murray got that header. But um, yeah, straight after what eighty three seconds, Aguero with the with the equaliser, and and from then on, you thought that yeah, they look like they're going to score. Well, a second. they looked off in the first. 10 minutes of that game, they look completely off. They look shell-shocked. They look nervous. Uh, Brighton were opening up, opening them up in de- defence and they even pressured City. And I think it was City had about 56 to 44% of, of possession, which is low for Manchester City in that, uh, in that period. But once uh, Murray scored that goal, Aguero went up, scored, and then you could tell that they seemed settled. And once, once uh, Aguero equalised, you, you could... You had a feeling that they would come away with the win. Yeah, and some of the goals they scored as well was fantastic. The one Riyad Mahrez's the box, goal. Yeah, and the free kick, um, just class. Was he a surprise inclusion into the squad, Riyad Mahrez? I thought so. I thought that um, not a player that they've relied on as much so as, as other players in that in that system. And I thought that um, him and, and Gundogan as well, the other the goal scorer who had that free kick hitting the postage stamp and the absolute sealer was a great moment for him as well. Those two players have not necessarily been the understudies, but haven't always been um, yeah, the, the front men for, for Pep Guardiola's side this season. Guardiola usually playing behind Fernandinho, who missed the last you know three or four games. Um, and yeah, Mara stepping up was, was a fantastic story for him. Um, you know, after moving from Leicester and, and, and their um, fantastic season a couple of years back. But yeah, it was certainly a surprising surprising call from Pep, but it's, it's one that's paid off and it just shows why he's arguably the best manager in football at the moment. Yeah, I just want to go back onto that uh, reports that the lip may be going to Liverpool because some people will probably say, what, what are you talking about? He's probably going to go to Barcelona. Uh, everyone believes that he will be going to Barcelona, but Edwin van der Sar came out last week and said the lip will be going to England or Spain. That, that puts a lot of questions in the minds of people. Will he be going to Barcelona? If I was him, I'd be going to Liverpool. He'll be playing week in, week out with Virgil van Dijk. They'll be the... the well, they're the best international partnership, defensive partnership at the moment. If they can bring that to the Premier League, he will learn from Van Dijk. He's only 18 still. And I would rather go to Liverpool than Barcelona at this moment. You see players that go, go to Barcelona in recent years, like the Coutinho's, they don't live up to expectations and they don't get the opportunity to play at their best because all the focus is on Lionel Messi. You, you are right with the opportunity factor at Barcelona. I can understand from, a, from an 18-year-old's point of view, though. Um, and, and you're looking at how the, how the club is working at the moment and, tr- and uh, trophies are one of the, obviously, the main reasons you're going to want to move. That's that's going to be a massive factor for him. But, yeah, look, um, the, um, a Spain or English uh, sale would be, uh, an English sale in particular would be massive. We know that there was, I think, Manchester United who were rumoured to sell, uh, to buy pretty much every player on the planet um, was ruled out of the, that his signing delit. But, um, yeah, look, uh, that, that partnership with Van Dijk, um, two very strong young leaders, Look like certainly could hold the future of Liverpool for close to a decade. And I think um, signing for Liverpool would be good for him. I reckon he'd be good working under Jurgen Klopp. Um, I think he's a better option to work under than Valverde in Spain, so I reckon it'll be a good move. Yeah, that's definitely right as well. Uh, let's just talk about Manchester City's dominance and Liverpool as well. What do we expect for the following seasons? Is this going to be a dynasty by Manchester City? Are they going to go back and win a third in a row or... Can we see Liverpool overtaking them next year? I think we're in the middle of the dynasty. Um, the total amount of points over the last two seasons for Man City has been incredible. Um, they're just 
they're out of this world. The only thing they've got to improve on is just winning in Europe in the Champions League. Once they do that, they'll be the best in the world. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who remains at the club. There's always been a, a few uh, theories that some of their best players will um, will, will move uh, overseas. And we know that Vincent Kompany might have played his last game as well um, for Manchester City um, and gotten a well-deserved round of applause. Uh, so did Bruno as well in Brighton at the Amex. And those two, it was fantastic to see on the last match day. But um, yeah, look, I think that uh, at the moment I'd have I'd be tipping Liverpool for next season. Um, I'd have both seasons for City and 198 points. Um, and it just seemed that if they weren't breaking a record this season, it was because of how good they were last year and, 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 and starting those records. So, uh, yeah, we could be seeing a new rivalry between these two. Um, it's been, you know, uh, not necessarily a while since we've had such a close season, but um, it's great to see two teams fighting out to the very end. And, um, look, I think if we could even get a third or fourth team involved, even I think Tottenham are another one that, if they do want to make moves this off-season, certainly could put themselves in the same category as the two finalists this year. And there's been rumours this morning about Man City being kicked out of the Champions League. Yeah, well, the New York Times are reporting that uh, UEFA, the UEFA panel uh, are going to recommend that they are banned from the Champions League. Who takes their place and how does that work? Oh, I've got no idea. I would be surprised <laughs> if it went forward, to be honest. I think that like, there's always these ramifications and, and little uh, asterisks with a lot of clubs in European football. And I, I think this will probably be another one of those headlines to scare a few fans. But, um, yeah, I'd be surprised if that went forward and they weren't playing uh, Champions League football next season. Let's talk about a few of the other results on the final day of the Premier League. We now know the top four. Uh, Chelsea finished third with uh, Tottenham finishing fourth. Chelsea's a – they're a funny one because so much scrutiny – about Mauricio Sarri's style of play, yet they finish third in the Premier League and they in the Europa League final, plus they were also in the Carabao Cup final this season. Yeah, well, just a few months ago, we were saying how they were going to miss out on the top four and they've done well to recover. So well done to them. Yeah, I think uh, off for Sarri's first season, um, especially what we, what we saw early in the season when they went on that fantastic starting run, um, we thought that these guys were, this side was, you know, um, destined for... For a top four finish, and, and they've ended that. It was a shaky, obviously, middle part of the season. They had a few hiccups, especially in the Carabao Cup final. Was looking like the, the probably the low point for Chelsea, but um, yeah, I think they've they've bounced back very well in the second half of the season, and and deserved of that top four um, finish. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that game goes in the UEFA Europa League uh, final. I think it's going to be a very tight fixture, um, both for them and Arsenal. But um, yeah, look, their Premier League season. Um, from game day 31 to 38 was certainly a rollercoaster ride for their fans, but um, they'll be very happy with the outing. Also be interesting to find out what happens to Eden Hazard. He's, apparently he's already told Chelsea his decision. It, it probably looks likely, Tim, that he'll be going to Real Madrid next season. Most likely. I reckon there'll be an announcement after the Europa League. Yeah, well, that's what Hazard said that it'll be clear. cleared. His uh, future will be cleared once the Europa League's done and dusted. Also... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said after United's 2-0 uh, defeat to Cardiff that they are in a, uh, he admitted that they are in a rebuild. That's a word that you don't like hearing. <laughs> but, yep, they're in a rebuild. And it, I, in my opinion, it's going to end up worse for them next season. They, I, don't, I can't see them finishing in any uh, European spot next season. And I reckon they might even be fighting for a top 10 finish. Do you think a mid-table for Manchester United next season? Yeah. You know, well, the, well, the way Wolves went this season, I would, I'd be probably backing them in for a top six. Um, 
if they continue their, their push and, and, the, and the way they've worked in the transfer market as well um, has been fantastic. And then I think the likes of either a Leicester or Watford, West Ham potentially as well. So certainly couldn't rule out Man United of a top six finish. But at the moment, I think you might be right with um, yeah another poor season, especially in a rebuild season, if, if that's as far as we're going um, when talking with Manchester United's you know, 2019-2020 season. They see me rolling. Right, the final rolling 11 of the season. The final rolling 11, and we have got a change, and change in formation as well. The back four will remain the same. Wambasaka, who had another fantastic game on the weekend. I think he assisted that first Manny Michi Bashwai goal. Laporte also got on the scoreboard for Man City in their win over Brighton. Virgil van Dijk sits next to him, and Andy Robinson holds his spot at left back, all in front of Allison in goals. Takura is the centre defensive midfielder spot, taking over from Fernandinho, who's out. And Salah comes in up forward next to Aguero. Bernardo Silva in a centre attacking midfielder position and Sterling and Mane out wide. What do you reckon of some of the players that are unfortunate not to be in that team? Uh, Fernandinho, who's just come out. Obviously, the, the, the side goes on, on form and he, he has missed the last three to four. So um, he'd probably be ugly in the team of the season. Aubameyang? Um, you think? Aubameyang winning, look, winning a golden... Golden boot and not being able to get into a into a one of our rolling 11s obviously a, a bit harder, but um, he certainly could make the team of the season. I think that a player like Sterling you'd have over him and, and Mane as well is a golden boot winner. Um, they probably pencil themselves in for the for the wider positions, but more players to miss out. I'd say Matt Doherty at right back. He was in our side for a lot of the season. Uh, Edison's season in goal was was fantastic, but it's just hard to. to I still don't understand how he was in the team of the season. He, he had a fantastic year, but Allison. stats and stats alone, I think. And look, I, I think that's what you can only mostly go off for goalkeepers. Um, there's a lot of other small factors, but when you look at the broader and, and stats alone, I think that Allison rightfully deserves, you know, nine out of ten spots in, in these uh, team of the year fixtures. Um, that's pretty much it. Look, midfield spots, Pogba was in there for a lot of this season, but just couldn't obviously just couldn't hold on to um, that form of consistency. Um, but yeah, I think that what the side we've got at the moment is very hard to break into, and yes, yeah, certainly were a few unlucky players to miss out. Right, we've got the FA Cup on the weekend, so let's preview that. It's of course it's Manchester City and Watford. I think the big story in the lead up to this game was whether uh, Joseph Holabas would be suspended for the game after his red card in the final game of the season. But this morning, Watford appealed the uh, red card, and he it has been rescinded, and he is now available for the FA Cup final. Yeah, it's a massive get. Um, you want you know the best team you can play forward and you don't want to have uh, scratching your head when you're trying to pick your 11. And uh, Watford can they have a, you know, a great deal of, of depth, I think, in this side. And, and they've, they, they have this underdog. I know they're playing against City, but I thought all season in the Premier League especially they've had this underdog um, bite about them. And then they've, they've done quite well against some of the top six sides. Dale Lefebvre has found fantastic form. He's probably another player that you could argue might have just missed out on our rolling 11 with, with the second half season and, and, and his form in that. Um, Dukure, who was in the side, um, has been fantastic once again with, um, and with, yeah, just with how this Watford team has come about in their run, it's just been fantastic. Um, you know, they, what they beat, what was it, Woking in the, to get into the third round. Um, there's also two new wins over Newcastle, one new win over QPR, 2 1 versus Palace in that thriller. 3-2 over Wolves. So they didn't they didn't have it, I would say, that that easy coming in. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to tip them to take it past the 90 minutes. And, and I think this this could go to to penalties, this fixture. I think with the addition of Cholevas in the squad, it'll be a strong Watford side. I think it'll be close. 
probably extra time, maybe not penalties, but extra time. And I think City just. What do you reckon Watford need to do to take it up to City? Just from the start, when you're talking about the Brighton game earlier, they obviously City did look a bit sloppy, um, but the counter worked very well for Brighton. I think they had a fair few good chances in that first. 20, 25 minutes, um, and that's just where you've got to start. Put them on the back foot early, and look, I think that um, the City side we've seen this year, um, whilst they don't show you know a lot of um, dips in in play, um, they, they still have their weaknesses, and I think that might be through midfield, depending on on how they start. Gundogan was fantastic again, but um, I'm not sure where Fernandinho will be at come the come the final. Um, De Bruyne on the bench again, so I, I doubt he's not running out of form, but um, maybe just fitness. So. Yeah, if they're able to just run City off their legs, play out wide, cut inside quickly, then it certainly is Watford's game for the win. I was going to say just park the bus and hit him on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could do that against uh, City because they won't give the ball away. And we know Manchester City, when they do give the ball away, they're number one for uh, fouling their opponents to get the ball back. Uh, Gundogan's interesting because unlike Fernandinho, he doesn't just sit back and allow the rest to attack. He likes to move forward as well. And that's why I think we've seen teams counter... City in recent weeks because there's that space in midfield because of Gundogan's movement forward. I reckon City will win this and I reckon I'll win it comfortably. It'll probably be 3-5-0. to five nil. That's what I think it's going to be. Well, uh, We're going to take a break. Actually, no. Before we take our break, let's talk about the Champions League uh, results from last week. Unfortunately, the results were after our show. It would have been great to talk about it mm. right after those performances. We've got a week to... Um, Think about them again. Which I just want to put it out. Which one do you think is the better comeback or the the more magical comeback, if you want to say? The Liverpool comeback or Tottenham's? I'd say Liverpool just because it was 3-0 deficit. I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd probably be picking Liverpool just with the opponent. Ajax had a fantastic season, but Barcelona is a very hard to team to overcome like that. We obviously saw what they... What happened with Roma last season? But um, yeah, the way that they went about it and the players that were missing in that side with you know no Salah, no Firmino, um, and yeah, it, that was uh, yeah fantastic for the Reds. But yeah, credit to Tottenham as well. Lucas Moura's hat trick um, was fantastic after you know they conceded two as well. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be just tipping the Reds. But yeah, what a, a fantastic week of football it was um, in the Champions League and. Um, yeah, Alexander Arnold's that, that that quick cross will, will be remembered for a while, especially if Liverpool go on to win the win the title. But um, yeah, that was just catching Barcelona off guard. It's something that uncharacteristic of Barcelona, I'd say. And yeah, fantastic for a young red side to get through to the final. So I'm the only one that thinks the Tottenham ones are more fairy, the, the bigger fairy tale because they did it mid game. They were three 0 down. Uh, Ajax playing at home, fans behind them, and then Tottenham just countered them in that second half and changed the, the game and. Lucas Moura scored a 96 minute. What an incredible goal that was, and what a performance by them! Yeah, that was a good, good comeback. But I just <laughs> think the yeah. Liverpool one being three 0 down and overcoming to win four 0 against a strong Barcelona team just tips yeah. them. And before we take our break, we'll preview this uh, game in the next few weeks as we yeah. get closer to the match. But what do you make of uh, both sets of fans uh, or both sets of teams only getting 16,000 tickets each? Yeah, it's. Barbaric. I don't. I don't understand. I, I just yeah. don't get it. Look, it's what the finals in Madrid. Uh, I'm not sure how. It's a massive stadium, nonetheless. But um, yeah, I, it just shows that I'm not sure if this is a corporate thing with with how the tickets are sold out or or how hard it is to come across these spare tickets. But sixteen thousand or however many, so it is. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous for two massive clubs. The Wanda Stadium holds sixty-seven thousand. There you go. So what you've got fifty thousand seats for 
I'm not saying not fans. Like we're going to have plenty of fans who who are able to get those seats, but um, corporate, corporate exactly. So um, yeah, it's kind of quite disappointing um, from from how that's run. I'd say the Europa League allocations are far worse. Was it six thousand? Six thousand each. That's a well. joke. So it is, 12. and then to fly over to Baku. Um, Where is that? That's in Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. That's why also Henrik Mkhitaryan yeah. is in doubt. Uh, yeah. We thought that he would be a chance, but actually Unai Emery's come out and said that he's not actually sure if he's going to be able to make that game, which will be a massive um, problem for, for Arsenal. Flights to Baku, though, are insane. Um, so it's going to be extremely hard for those who can get a ticket well, to go Well, out. that's why you, uh, they came out. Uh, UEFA could have been UEFA, could have been FIFA. I'm pretty sure it was FIFA then. They, they came out and said that the reason why that the – it's so low the um the seats for those two sides is because they didn't really the, well the airport can't afford to bring in so many people uh into the country for some reason so why is it held there then i don't know <laughs> yeah, i think to... that it's also they're hosting games in the european cup as well next season so they're going to have a few problems if if they keep it up but um yeah hopefully there is an issue resolved this season and then obviously next year for the european uh, championship we're going to take a break now and then we'll be back with the EFL plus Michael Bridges. Welcome back to the English Football Show right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Uh, we'll be talking to Michael Bridges shortly, but before we do, let's just talk about the uh, championship playoffs and Aston Villa's result on the weekend. Yeah, a massive one. I thought that, um, you know, we're going into it whilst they were the, the lower final finishing side. Um, Villa certainly were the favourites with, with their run of form coming into the playoffs. Um, firstly, Jack Grealish once again showing why he's arguably the best player in the league. His second half, he just turned it on for Villa. Um, and the, and the yeah, Villa Park fans absolutely loved it, obviously. I think he had a 91% passing uh, rate and look and set up that Hurahan goal um, as well. So look, a 2-1 win for them was um, absolutely fantastic for them. Um, Dwight Gale missing the next game through the double yellow. But um, yeah, look, I, I think for, for West Brom, it's not obviously all undone, but Villa certainly have the uh, one hand on that final spot. We'll get back to that shortly. But right now we do have uh, Optus Sports' own expert, Michael Bridges. And of course, you can watch... UEFA Champions League and Europa League live and exclusive on Optus Sport. Also, catch the entire 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup live on demand in June. Michael Bridges, thank you for joining us on the show today. Good morning. How are you? We're good, and we're sure you're uh, well as as well. Uh, first question we've got is: Was this 2018-19 uh, Premier League season title race the best title race ever in the Premier League history? Oh, there's, there's been a few. I think the the title race, when you consider how many times the teams in Liverpool and Manchester City have swapped positions um, throughout the year, has been absolutely incredible. And you know, it's not many teams that are top at Christmas end up um, losing the the title race. And it's happened to Liverpool for a third time. It's absolutely incredible. It's uh, I'm a little bit upset for the Liverpool fans to be fair in the way Liverpool have played under Klopp. City have won it before. It would have been um, I think it would have been just reward if Liverpool had done it. But you know, City and Pep Guardiola have just turned it on. It's been a, it has been an incredible title race. But the the most memorable one for me was when Aguero scored the two late goals um, for City that took the title away from Manchester United in the last thirty seconds of the of the season. That that one will always stick in my mind for the 
just that moment that we remember. But for the actual title race where it's been off and on and teams have changed positions, this this for me has been one of the most um, crazy, shall we say, because of the amount of times it's changed positions. Uh, we saw the Liverpool fans celebrate when Brighton went ahead. Have you ever played in a game where the crowd were keeping track of another result? And what's it like to, to play in that? How hard is it to stay focused? I've seen it from both sides of the fence. Um, when you're actually top of the league um, with a, in the championship with Sunderland, and we were looking over our shoulders for other results, and you, you know, our fans are obviously listening to the radio and things like that, so they know what's going on. The cheer goes up. It does take a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say pressure off you, but you just think, oh, you know, maybe this is out of our hands, and it's a bit of destiny that we are going to get promoted. But there's, honestly, there's nothing worse when you when you're in a relegation battle, and you can just feel the tension um, through the fans because you know the opposition are winning. And it was a. I think we were. I can't. I think it was Coventry City the season I got relegated with Sunderland. Um, we got beat at Wimbledon down at MK. Uh, not the MK Dons. Uh, the old Wimbledon. The old Crazy Gang. And Coventry delayed their kick off by 15 minutes. And the the anticipation on that we'd lost the game to wait them extra 15 minutes to see what our fate was going to be. And Coventry managed to get a result. So. You know, it's some, sometimes it's good. It, it does pay you dividends to know what the other results are going on and how you can have a go. But um, I've, I've seen it from both sides, and I'd, I'd rather not know, to be honest. And we'll talk about obviously Liverpool's season. Um, you know, the, the, the awards that have come out of it: Van Dijk Player of the Year, Allison Golden Glove, uh, two players winning the Golden Boot in Salah and Mane, uh, ninety-seven points. Um, but where, where do you see? Do you, do you see much difference for them moving into next season? Do you want to? Do you, would you like to see them? Uh, use the transfer market to grow, or you're happy with with the side they've got now? And do you think that they can probably win it next year with uh, with little change overall for this side? Sorry, on about Liverpool or City? Liverpool, sorry. Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, um, I mean, what what he what he's done is absolutely magnificent, and not only with the battles going on for the title race, like you said, Allison getting the Golden Glove by one over Edison, who had twenty. Um, Aguero one goal behind. Um, Salah and Marnie, I'm sure them players would would change all them trophies to to be the Premier League um, title holders. So it's uh, what do Liverpool do next season? They've got a big get themselves up for the Champions League. They've got to bounce back um, and not feel sorry for themselves because obviously they've got a game coming up against Tottenham Hotspur. That's going to be absolutely massive. And I, I think Klopp will will spend. I think Liverpool will spend, and I think they will put it in into areas in that midfield. Uh, you know the front three. Maybe another number nine because you see Salah and Mane, uh, absolutely magnificent. Firmino has played his part this season, but I just feel that there could be that special player that they are lacking in front of goal that is that could just give that extra cutting edge and maybe one in, in midfield. But apart from that, I mean, Robertson, Alexander Arnold, probably the best fullbacks all season. Van Dijk's come in and he's actually made Lovren and Matip um, up their game as well. So maybe there's a centre-half there, but I, I, Klopp will have an idea. He knows what he wants. That's why he saw Coutinho. So he knew that work. he could strengthen in other areas. He's a, he's a special man. He's a special manager. And I can see Liverpool actually kicking on from this, uh, going into the Champions League and also going forward for next season. Uh, we've got an all-English final in that Champions League and the Europa League. Does that show just how strong English football is at the moment? Hello, you broke up there. Sorry. Uh, we've got an all-English final in the Champions League and the Europa League. Uh, does it show just how strong English football is at the moment? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely flying. And I, I was I was just doing an interview the other day with the the team at Optus Sports for our Gagan Pod, and it was it was incredible to think. Uh, it's always been the biggest league in the best watch league in the world. Um, but when it comes to European matches, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid have, have absolutely dominated the Spanish teams and Sevilla under Unai Emery. And I just felt that English football had a was, was lacking something. They've got the money, they've got the biggest viewing figures. And for, for me, what has happened in the last four or five years has been the, the managers that have come into this Premier League that have actually given the English managers and some of the other guys a kick up the backside to say, you know, the game evolves, you've got to move with the way football is being played. And Pep Guardiola, Klopp, um, Sorry Ball, um, Unai Emery and Pochettino, what he's done at Tottenham Hotspur, they have all added to the pedigree of, um, of English football tactically. And it's been absolutely special because what's happened now, it's had a massive knock-on effect for the um, the coaches that are in England as well that are working at these clubs that are then going to work with the English FA and, and training the juniors. And um, it, it's spreading. And that's what has been absolutely... That I've, I've loved, to have four English teams in the in the uh, European finals. But it's for me, it's a knock-on effect that these managers are have, having in English football and the culture uh, and how much the game has evolved. You think it's leading to, it would lead to a dynasty of English football dominance on the world stage, on the European stage? I think it will because the, the money's there. The money's already available due to the TV, TV rights, the players, and all the managers now that are the best in the world want to, want to manage in, in the Premier League. And I think that comes with um, the exposure that you're getting globally around the world, but also the financial situation, um, some, of the players, some of the players' wages. Yes, you've got that in China as well, but you end up going into oblivion. There's not, no media scope on that, and that can be the end of your career if you do that. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a... a a long run for English domination over the next couple of years in the European competitions because there's one thing I'll guarantee you Pep Guardiola wanted the Champions League this season he didn't get it and if he'd have told me there'd be four English clubs in all um, finals of the competition in Europe and Man City wasn't one of them I would have told you where to go I would have, I would have used Klopp's language <laughs> it, 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 it's incredible to think that City aren't involved so they will be gunning along with him for next season to to win that so you know I can see another couple of clubs being involved definitely um, if not three next season Uh, a club that won't be involved in the Champions League next season Manchester United uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said after the game that they are in a rebuild what do you expect to happen at Old Trafford in the summer transfer window and will Paul Pogba stay at the club well, I think Solskjaer had had an incredible start the the um, managerial reign, and you know it forced their hand to give him a contract. And ever since the con- contract came, it, it's all just fallen apart again, and he's found himself in a very similar situation to what Mourinho was in, where some of the players have, have kind of down tools and haven't up their game. And Pogba again, breath of fresh air when Solskjaer came in, we saw the best of him. But again, it just goes back to a lackluster performances from some of the players, and I think the club are going to back and should back on a Gullah Solskjaer and let him do what he wants. If he wants to clear out, get them out because there's nothing worse than when you have a, a players that control the dressing room over the coaching, coaching staff and you've, you've got to stop the toxic environment happening. So I think Solskjaer will do that um, and Man United need, need to uh, have a real good focus of where they want to go and uh, to see, you know, it's, it's just been a shambles the last three or four years. So they've got to get some continuity back. They've got to have a direction and they've got to have somebody at the forefront of that and, and back Solskjaer. Otherwise, you go around the managerial roundabout yet again. Yes, they've got some cracking youngsters coming through. Solskjaer will be there with Michael Carrick, um, understanding that. Mike Phelan's over there. 
they need to rebuild. And um, I think that the quicker they can sell some players, especially after the way Pogba had a consultation with the, the fans. Once you lose the fans and you throw your shirt in there, and the, the disrespect, and they don't really, they, you know, it was a, it was quite a, a heated moment um, that he was getting a lot of abuse. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on there that the, they'll take into consideration. And I can't see Pogba being there next season. Uh, we'll move, move move down now. We know you'll be keeping close tabs on Leeds and Sunderland. And we'll start off with the championship. Uh, Leeds getting that 1-0 victory over Derby. Um how, I'm sure if you managed to catch the game, you'd see a, probably a, a bit better run in form from, from the end of the season. Do you think that they have now got this uh, this head above Derby and, and, and even potentially to get that last promotion spot um, with how they went on the weekend? Yeah, I mean, Derby's form was absolutely magnificent. And to think that Leeds United and uh, Bielsa have beaten Derby three times this season is absolutely incredible. It's just Bielsa just got Frank Lampard tucked in his pocket and Lampard's had a great run with Jordy Morris there. The game was very, very close. Um, there was there was a penalty decision that was actually given to Derby and thankfully the linesman who got a better view of it, he, you know, he had the kahunas to put his flag up and say it wasn't, a, it wasn't a penalty. That was disallowed and then the goal from Roof, it was a magnificent bit of play from Leeds United down the left-hand side with a a, a pass that was you know, over 50 yards on the angle and in a very calm finish. So Leeds have definitely got the momentum going at this over over Derby. Um, they've got the home leg now against uh, Aston Villa. Away goals don't count, but what it does do, it gives you the massive, massive confidence booster. And I said it three weeks, uh, sorry, two weeks ago when the teams were announced who was going to be in the playoffs in the championship, I said Villa would win against West Brom and Leeds would get the job done over Derby. And in the final, it's anybody's game because they're two very, very strong teams with individual quality, two very good managers and a style of player which is recognisable. So I'm hoping it's Leeds, um, but it's going to be a very, very interesting interesting match if, that is the, if that's the way it pans out and that is the final. But two teams, the, the two better teams got the result done in 1-0 victories. Also touch on Sunderland, another one of your beloved clubs. Uh, also got the job done in a 1-0 win over Portsmouth with a nice Maguire volley. Uh, good news for the Black Cats was Oz Turk's red card. It's been rescinded and he will play in the second leg. How have you seen, uh, obviously, the Black Cats probably parallels with Leeds with, with their run and form coming into the playoffs, but they got the job done as well um, at home at the Stadium of Light. But do you think that they've, they've, they've got the upper hand against, against uh, Portsmouth in the second leg? Well, I've got to be honest with you. I did actually fall asleep midway through this game. I tried to do Leeds and Sunderland back to back after all the Champions League, and I fell asleep. But my phone was pinging all night um, in the morning. Sorry, when I when I um, Leeds United and Sunderland got the result from all the friends and family back home. So I realised that it was a it was a good victory. And yeah, upper hand. Yes, you. There wasn't as many fans turned up when I when you think Wembley. And Portsmouth, it was a 1-1, it went to penalties and it was a full house at Wembley. The the stadium of light was actually half empty, which was really um, strange to, to witness what went on there. But the players got their job done, they got the result. It's going to be very, very tough going to Portsmouth. Um, yes, they've got the upper hand and it, it I think this game's still in the balance, uh, very much so, because um, I think the red card getting rescinded is a huge help to Sunderland. They've got the one goal advantage, but I, I can see this again going to um, Portsmouth getting the result one nil, and this going to extra time again, and not all the way potentially. So fingers crossed. Um, Sunderland haven't got a good status of penalty taken at Wembley. I was there when we got beat off Charlton in the playoff final. They got beat off um, Portsmouth recently, so hopefully it'll get done in extra time, if not before. And I wish them all the best because it'll be. It'd be great to see them back as well. 
And before we let you go, uh, lastly, out of those two sides, Leeds United and Sunderland, who do you feel will be the most likely to get promoted uh, come the end of the season? Oh, look at the users. <laughs> questions, <laughs> questions, wow. Um, I would say Leeds United because of the the Bielsa effect um, and the, the players that have, you know, all season been up, up there. I think Sunderland at the moment with the... With what's going on with Portsmouth, you know, losing them already, whereas some Leeds United have got the upper hand of Derby. I'm going to say Leeds United will be back. Well, well, we hope so because they will be. Don't we play this to as large if it's the opposite way? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't do that, but hopefully Leeds United can get into the Premier League. It'll be great to see them back in the top tier. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate having you on the show, and hopefully we can talk to you again shortly. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Bridges joining us on the show today and of course uh, you can watch all of the Champions League and Europa League on Optus Sport so do that if you want uh, we'll continue with our talk of Aston Villa's result over West Brom uh, the victory on the weekend. Yeah like, like I was saying earlier um, yeah, Villa's form coming into this game you, you would have tipped them to take out the, the series over two legs but um, managed to get 2-1 advantage like um, you said as well, there is no away goal advantage. They're not worth double in this. So, um, Bolton, uh, sorry, not Bolton. West Brom is still just one goal behind overall. Um, and look, this is, yeah, look, uh, going to the second leg, no Gale and Robson Kanu with suspensions. They won't have Livermore and Gareth Barry in, um, which is that's just looking unlikely. And the real question marks over the fitness of Craig Dawson and Stefan Johansson. Um, I think they're set to play. But look, it's it's going to be there's it's quick turnarounds with these with these fixtures. So, um, look, I, Villa on top, I think with with how they've played, um, especially in that second half, they yeah, I think they'll take this out quite comfortably, even though it is away uh, with the baggies playing at home. But um, yeah, I think Villa's form is just too much to overcome. Well, West Brom, the, oh, at, when they played at their best in that game, it was when they had the the five at the back and they were cutting Villa's passing lanes and making it difficult for Villa to get forward. Now that they have to uh, be on the front foot and attack Villa, we know that they've been shaky down back all season. It'll be interesting to see how they line up and how they set up and um, how their defence prevents Villa from scoring because they've been dominant all year as well. Uh, The reports as well that if Villa do get promoted that they will be putting in a $25 million offer for Tammy Abraham. Yeah, well, I think that he's, he's a player that they'd love to hold on to. Um, there's a lot of emotion, especially after this game, because a lot of people thought this probably is his last game at Villa Park and certainly could be. But yeah, I'd, I'd think that um, if they are to move up, he would be the first one that they'd, they'd certainly push him for the signing. Mings is probably another one. He's been fantastic for them. And I think he's had um, a lot... He's, he's fit into this system a lot more than he had at, at Bournemouth. And, and yeah, he'd be another player. But look, with Chelsea's transfer ban... Um, if it is to take place, then they'll want to hold on to tra- Tammy Abraham as much as they can as well. They'll really probably have to offer a lot more than 25, I would have thought, um, if that is to come to terms. But, yeah, look, I think that, yeah, if Villa have done very well this season. If they are to go up, it'll be a lot of help from him um, and he'll be important for them if they are to survive as well. So Glenn Will and turnover lead to West Brom's goal and he was replaced by Conor Hurahan at half time, who do you expect to start in the second leg? I think go Hurahan. Look, I think that turnover was uh, sloppy. I don't, like, I'm trying to find the word for it, but yeah, Gale's easily being able to pounce on that one. And just yeah, just a, a dip in in concentration. Um, yeah, I think Hurahan's second half as well. The, the team just clicked so much better in that second half with with who they had on. I think yeah, obviously riding off 
or Grealish, Jack Grealish's leadership in that midfield. But um, yeah, we, we've seen Hurahan season to date, matching with John McGinn in, in central midfields, just being dominant. Um, and I think if they yeah if they really want to put this game to bed, they'll have to uh, have a good start, and that's with probably starting Hurahan McGinn and, and Grealish in that midfield. Uh, Leeds United's victory over Derby County on the weekend. Kemar Roof netted another goal against Derby. He's been doing that all season. Uh, what do we expect to happen here? There's a few injury issues at Leeds United. We know that Forshaw was substituted off with a hamstring injury. Uh, in uh, I think it was the 15th minute. Plus Pontus Janssen may not be starting. They had three academy players on the bench, just showing you that they don't have a lot of squad depth at the moment. Uh they do, but they would play under uh, the manager's philosophy. So I think they'd be, if they had to come on, they'd be good players. But um, I think the win last week was a confidence booster because we know how badly Leeds have done towards the end of the season. They've been really inconsistent. So the win will give them confidence, and I think they will progress to the final. Yeah, I think that um, when you, yeah, you talk about the, the foreshore injury was massive, but Shackleton coming on was, was fantastic for them. Um, and yeah, played played out the game as one of the best players in that side. Jansen's obviously going to be a massive one, but we've seen I think with Leeds' defense and how they performed on the weekend. Uh, like Dallas hasn't been there all season, but I think he's playing well. Ailing was on and off. I, I thought he had a really great game initially, and then dropped off a bit, and then came back. So he, he wasn't too consistent for what you'd like in that defense. But Cooper once again was fantastic for them. Up the other end, uh, Jack Harrison was probably the, the, the name of the game. With that ball for Kemar Roof was an absolute peach and also was involved in that uh, penalty call. Do you with... think that was a penalty? No. I, the, I... the referee paid it and then he had a discussion with the linesman and then he reversed it. It was very well handled, I thought. Um, yeah, the, from the ref's position, it can look like that. But Harrison even came out, understandably, afterwards and said he didn't even know Bogle was there. Uh, made the challenge on the ball, which I thought was correct as well. And yeah, it was the right decision to uh, move to the ref- the assistant referee who had the, the better view and, and I think the right decision was called in the end and yeah, no penalty given, 1-0 for, for Leeds so it's not over for Derby obviously but um, they just couldn't get a sniff that was pretty much, except that last 15 minutes they had their maybe one or two chances but Leeds just shut them up for, for majority of the game and I think they might do the same and, and push on to the final uh, spot. Yeah, Frank Lampard admitted that Leeds were the better side but was disappointed with the reversal of the penalty uh, Drop down to League Two and Sunder- uh, League One. Sunderland's one 0 victory over Portsmouth. It was a, a big victory for Sunderland at the Stadium of the Light. They needed that because Portsmouth have been uh, dominated at Fratton Park this year. Uh, Chris Maguire broke the deadlock with a brilliant volley in the 63rd minute. Came off the bench to score that. Adam McGeady as well. He was supposed to start, but wasn't uh, deemed fit in the, the pre-match um, warm-up. He's still recovering from a broken foot. You expect Maguire to start in the second league? Um, that's probably a, a different one from from the last scenario. I think he'd he'd work better with the with the fitness that he's running with um, to come on as as a substitute. Um, as we've seen though, he had a fantastic game and had a chance to probably put them two 0 up late into that one as well. So um, yeah, he's look, he's in form though. I think he'll certainly see minutes in this game, but with you know the potential to to move on into extra time and, and even um, and penalties. I think Maguire is one that you would like um, to have those fresh legs later into the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe he'll come on as a substitute if any, if they, if needed. Um, but, yeah, look, for Jack Ross's men, uh, he'll be he'll be happy that Ozturk's able to come back. That challenge was not a red card. Yes, last man, but got a lot of the ball in that challenge. 
Um, and the free kick, what, hit the crossbar as well, didn't that Evans free kick? So that could have certainly turned this series on its head. But um, one nil win for, for Sunderland is probably just about right in the end. Um, and But I think that, yeah, like Bridgie said, Portsmouth will, will take this to them and, and probably get it at least into extra time. Charlton had a 2-1 victory over Doncaster. Uh, this was the game that you watched live, Mitch. Yeah, uh, look, I managed to catch the second half after work um, and fall back onto the onto the first half after afterwards as well. Lowell Taylor once again showing why he's probably one of the more dominant forwards in this game. Him versus Marquise was always going to be um, a massive matchup of of the strikers, and yeah, Taylor getting a goal and assist was was fantastic for them. But uh, yeah, that second half, Doncaster just dominated. I thought um, just had a lot of possession and most of it in in their forward half as well, um, and did get the. One goal back through Matty Blair, but um, yeah, I think for, for Charlton going back home, um, I think they'll they'll be uh, the the one to progress through. But going off Doncaster's second half, it was really worrying for Charlton Athletic, and um, I'd like to say that uh, Charlton will get the job done, but I, I can't say comfortably that's for sure. Joel Rebo scored as well. He's been linked to a move to Arsenal in the summer. Tim, I reckon you should start watching these Charlton games and keeping an eye on him. I will, yeah, and. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a big move for him because Arsenal is such a big squad, but we'll see what happens. I think Charlton will progress in this. It's good seeing these lower league team uh, players being linked to bigger clubs in the Premier League. We've also seen Daniel James uh, linked to Manchester United for 15 mil from Swansea. You think this is a lot on the back of Carlin Grant's move to Huddersfield, obviously from Charlton Athletic as well. So he opened up the space for Lyle Taylor up front, even though the pairing was working so well. But, you know, he scored, you know, I think three or four goals for Huddersfield in the second half of the season coming from League One. So I think a lot of big clubs in the Premier League will be looking at now League One players who, like we said, Bradley Dack as well last season in League One was fantastic and he's carried that over into the Championship, has been room to go to the Premier League now. So, um, yeah, a lot of clubs in the Premier League and some of the Championship sides going up will certainly be looking at some of these names in League One. Of the four games still to be played in the Championship, and in League One, which game do you do you believe uh, will most likely see the deficit being overturned? Um, I think Portsmouth Sunderland's the one that, that that's probably the, the the game to watch if you if you're in for a thriller. I think uh, yeah, like what we saw in the Checker Trade Trophy final, and and even in this first leg alone, um, there's a lot of chances going to both sides. It's just going to come down to who can capitalise. Um, on some of these tough ones. And I think Portsmouth uh, are the team that will at least get into extra time. And if they've got the legs, obviously they'll run this game out and, and take a final spot um, for promotion. I just got a feeling that the West Rom Aston Villa game could go into extra time. I just somehow have a feeling. So watch this space. And we've also seen Leeds United uh, struggled at home recently and have struggled when uh, there's been pressure on them. That'd be also key, but but they do have a good record against Derby, so I think that they will be able to get the result. But I'm with Mitch. I reckon it'll be the Portsmouth game that we'll see um, a switch in the result, and we will see Portsmouth at Wembley. Uh, move on to League Two, and we know the playoff final. The two teams in that playoff final it will be Newport and Tranmere. Uh, we'll talk about Tranmere first. Their result this morning, their one-all draw with Forest Green at Forest Green's uh, stadium resulted in them winning the tie 2-1 and progressing to the playoff final. Yeah, uh, well, over both uh, sets of playoffs, we've had the underdogs or the, the lower place sides go through, which is fantastic effort. And for Tram this season, looking at back-to-back promotions would be amazing for them. Uh, who else Who else but James Norwood to, to get the job done against his former side as well. And 
Well, they are probably still an uncomfortable run for for Tranmere. Look, I think they spent over both legs a hundred close to about a hundred minutes with uh, an extra man with red cards both to uh, Gavin Gunning and then Carl Winchester in that first leg as well. So um, yeah, look, they they certainly had their opportunity to to of the advantage and and didn't quite take it, but they're through um, and we'll be on to Wembley and. Against Newport, um, I said last week that Mansfield would get the job done comfortably, and now you know I've got a bit of egg on my face because <laughs> Newport have done very well in this uh, in this fixture. But um, yeah, for for Tranmere to, to push through as well, and for one of those sides to to be um, into League One next season, some fantastic efforts. Seeing on how they were mid table and how the, the, their story has gone from from last year into this year. Mansfield fans will be absolutely shattered because they shoot like basically nearly almost. Uh, got promoted. If they beat MK Dons in the final game of the season, they would have been promoted. Plus Newport, I watched both uh, games, and in both of them, they dominated from corners and from crossing the ball into the box. In that game, the second uh, leg against Mansfield, they really should have been up three to four nil at half time. That's how dominant they were in the first half. They hit the post, they hit the woodwork three times in that game. Yeah, I think over the ninety minutes, and for both sides as well, the the. The woodwork was certainly doing its job, um, and yeah, just keeping them out as well. But yeah, new yeah, like you said, Newport certainly could have had a, an early lead in this one. There was only five goals over the four playoff legs in the in League Two, so just shows you how much a, a goal was mat- mattered um, in these close tight fixtures. And yeah, like you said, Mansfield would be absolutely shattered um, with with how it's it's played out, and they really were looking like an automatic promotion placed side with about five games to go and. Um, yeah, it's just been disappointing for them that they that they'll be in league two again um, with them, all the money that as well that's gone into that club. Um, but look, I think that on the on the bright side, on the on the other side for Newport, and it was fantastic for them. Um, Matthew Dolan with the winning penalty, and it's Joe Day um, with that with that fantastic save was all that could separate the penalty kicks. Um, and yeah, deservingly so. Look, they dominated, like you said, that first half and carried it into the second half. Um, and, yeah, I thought that um, deserving of the two, but I'm probably tipping Tranmere over Newport in the final. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tranmere as well, but we'll we'll discuss it more in a few weeks' time when the game does take place. But, Tim, who do you expect to win that final? I reckon Newport, actually. They've had such a good season, made the semis of the uh, Carabao Cup. So FA Cup. Uh, sorry, FA. Uh, Carabao, then. Yeah, against Man City. They copped a hiding, but they still... No, that was Burton. They beat Leicester in the FA oh, Cup. Newport, Newport lost <laughs> to Man City 4-1 oh, yeah. in the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. Uh, and we'll move on to uh, Salford City, the class of 92 Salford City. They won promotion to league football for the first time in their history uh, with a 3-0 victory in the final at Wembley Stadium. It was good seeing the Gary Neville, Nicky Bart, David Beckham, all the boys celebrating in the stands. Gary Neville, uh, he's probably the most vocal of all of those owners. He's always on Twitter talking about Salford, but it's great to see them up. Uh, what they've been able to achieve in recent years, they've um, moved up, they've, they've had four promotions in five seasons. Gary Neville said that it would take eight seasons, or they wanted it to take eight seasons to get into league football, but they've done it in only five seasons. How do we see them going in League Two next season? Well, you look at the comparisons from from the club to, to those who they've, they've, they've played off against and, and, and the leagues that they're in, that they are well above in, in terms of the budget. Um, and I think they probably will carry over into League Two as well. We know that a lot of teams uh, find it quite strenuous when working with finances in um, the bottom tier of English football. So, um, yeah, I think that they'll, they'll press through quite easily. I'm not saying that they'll get another promotion necessarily this season, but um, they'll certainly 
be you know fighting for for playoffs. Uh, I would have thought with with um, the, what what they have at the helm and look, it's yeah an exciting team I think to be around with um, with who's in charge and how this side will go. But um, yeah, I think uh, they'll, they'll they'll certainly be contenders in League Two next season. With all those legends in charge of the club, I think they'll have a, a good it'll have a good effect on them. And I don't think they'll go back down. I think they'll stay up, possibly even fight for promotion. And they might be joined soon by Bolton, who have uh, they will deducted 12 points, weren't they, last night? I'm not too sure. Are you sure that they'll deducted 12 well, points? Well, I think there's obviously a lot of talk about their administration looking more inevitable than others. Um, and, yeah, poor start with League One. But, yeah, you, geez, Salford and Bolton in the same league in a couple of years' time, that's something unheard of. But um, it's certainly looking likely at the moment. Yeah, Sky Sports News said uh, Bolton have confirmed that the club has officially entered administration. So they'll get a points deduction. That'll be costly and could mean another relegation. And one final bit of news before we finish the show. Brighton and Chris Hootson have uh, mutually agreed for the termination of his contract. So he will leave the club. Uh, he's done a, a brilliant job at Brighton. He brought him up into the Premier League and they, he's made him a solid Premier League side. Yes, this season they, there was a relegation fight at the end of the campaign, but beating the sides, beating teams like Manchester United, even Arsenal last season, it just shows you what they've been able to achieve in recent years under Chris Hudson. Exactly right. Um, I think a lot of people have been focusing on, on their forward play and um, you, you talk about, yeah, I think they were the last side for, for shots in the box, shots on target, expected goals, um, in the box and from open play. So there's a lot of question marks over them moving forward. Um, their defence, I think, was was fantastic all season. Dunk Duffy in front of uh, Matty Ryan as well. Um, and they've, they've got some great names in midfield. They hold on to players like Pascal Gross, Izquierdo. Um, they, they will remain in the Premier League, but it'll be interesting to see where they move on from here with a new manager and how early they can implement a new system in this in this side and, and in the off-season. Well, that's it for the English Football Show this week. Join us on Facebook to watch our live Joey Barton Award and our award-winning quiz. Uh, Mitch, you're the quiz master this week. I am, I am. So we'll have a, a very, I think, a tough quiz for you for you two coming up straight after this one. Also for next week in the EPL, we'll do our 20-minute wrap-up of the whole season. We'll go across every single side in the Premier League, a minute each, just for our own quick little... Uh, Quick little segment. I think uh, Manchester United will need more than a minute, but that's it for the English Football Show this week, and we'll be back again next week.